Support for NPR and the following message come from Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. Hey everyone, it's Manoush here. I introduced myself to you as the new host of the TED Radio Hour just a few days ago. And even since then, it's become clear that the coronavirus is upending our lives in unexpected ways. So far, it's been strange, disorienting, and especially for kids and folks stuck at home, a little boring. Which is why we wanted to put something a little extra down the feed this week. It's a conversation I had with Guy Raz back in 2018 about my TED Talk, my research into the power of boredom. Because being bored, it turns out, can actually really be a good thing. I hope you find this conversation helpful. And meanwhile, just so you know, the team and I are hard at work putting the finishing touches on a new episode that I think you're going to love. It'll be in your feed on Friday. Be well, and I'll talk to you soon. Um, Do you remember when you were a kid, like, in the summertime, and there was no school, and it was hot, And the days would go on forever, and it was so boring. So, so boring. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember it. I had a babysitter, actually, who used to lock us out of the house in the afternoons. Wow. So she could watch her soap opera. And I remember, like, walking. We would So we would play this game where we would walk around the house and try to find ways to get back into the house. And that just would go on for hours and hours. And then you'd find ourselves, like, sitting in, like, a, a, like a rut by the side of the house just looking at the dirt. Yeah. And doing very little. <laughs> I don't think I've ever told my mother that story, actually. This is Manoush Zamarodi. I'm Manoush Zamarodi. I am a podcast host. I am a tech journalist. And I am the author of the book, Bored and Brilliant. And Manoush argues that the feeling of being bored isn't actually something people experience anymore. I definitely don't think that my children have ever experienced that sensation. Their minds are constantly being stimulated by STEM camp or, you know, adventure camp and after-school guitar lessons and, well, iPad games that are allegedly educational. There's always, every moment is filled. And it's not just kids. All of us were filling the time when we used to be bored, when our minds would just wander, with never-ending stimulation, stimulation that captures our attention. And that's whether we're waiting in line at the airport. Oh, I check my to-do list. I text my husband. I read the headlines. Or taking a break from work. I go back and check my to-do list again. I answer an email. I maybe play a quick game. So delicious. It's a relatively recent phenomenon that will do almost anything to keep from being bored. Like, you know, how many kids were told only boring people get bored? As though this was something to be avoided. Boredom, oh my God, avoid that at all costs. But by constantly preventing ourselves from becoming bored, we actually might be missing out on something bigger. Manoush Samarodi explains from the TED stage. I started talking to neuroscientists and cognitive psychologists, and what they told me was fascinating. It turns out that when you get bored, you ignite a network in your brain called the default mode. So 
our body, it goes on autopilot while we're folding the laundry or we're walking to work, but actually that is when our brain gets really busy. Here's boredom researcher Dr. Sandy Mann. Once you start daydreaming and allow your mind to really wonder, you start thinking a little bit beyond the conscious, a little bit into the subconscious, which allows sort of different connections um, to take place. It's really awesome, actually. Totally awesome, right? So this is my brain in an fMRI. And I learned that in the default mode, that is when we connect disparate ideas, we solve some of our most nagging problems, and we do something called autobiographical planning. This is when we look back at our lives, we take note of the big moments, we create a personal narrative, and then we set goals, and we figure out what steps we need to take to reach them. But now we chill out on the couch, also while updating a Google Doc or replying to email. The average person checks email 74 times a day and switches tasks on their computer 566 times a day. I discovered all this talking to professor of informatics, Dr. Gloria Mark. So we find that when people are stressed, they tend to shift their attention more rapidly. Um, We also found, strangely enough, we find that the shorter amount of sleep that a person gets the more likely they are to check Facebook. So we're in this vicious, habitual cycle. But could this cycle be broken? Like, what would happen if we broke this vicious cycle? What if we reclaim those cracks in our day? Could it help us jumpstart our creativity? Maybe my listeners could help me find out. We called the project Bored and Brilliant. And um, within 48 hours, 20,000 people signed up. Wow. Yeah. I was like, oh, not a special snowflake. This is a thing. People are feeling this. So one day, take the app that your thumb always seems to gravitate towards. Take it off your phone and observe what it feels like. And then decide, do you want it back on your phone? Cool. Go for it if you do. But do not let the tech companies decide as their decision-making. Don't let that be the default, which it very much has become, I think, for consumers. So out of the tens of thousands of people who signed up for the challenge, some of them called her up because they started to realize that their relationship with their phone had kind of become codependent. The relationship between a baby and its teddy bear or a baby and its binky or a baby that wants its mother's cradle when it's done with being held by a stranger. (laughs) That's the relationship between me and my phone. I think of my phone like a power tool. Extremely useful, but dangerous if I'm not handling it properly. If I don't pay close attention, I'll suddenly realize that I've lost an hour of time doing something totally mindless. Okay, but to really measure any improvement, we needed data, right? Because that's what we do these days. So we partnered with some apps that would measure how much time we were spending every day on our phone. And if you're thinking it's ironic that I asked people to download another app so that they would spend less time on their phones, yeah, but you got to meet people where they are. But when the data came in, it turned out that we had cut down, on average, just six minutes. From 120 minutes a day on our phones to 114. Yeah, whoop-de-doo. So it's amazing that you you got so many people involved, and then 
looked at the data and turned out that people just saved six minutes a day, Ugh. which is sort of like uh, like deflating, right? I mean, after all this effort, people are only saving <laughs> six minutes a day, which tells us something about ourselves. Yeah, I mean, it tell well, first of all, it tells me that I have been trained to expect 10x returns, yeah. right? <laughs> right? Like, you know, yeah. we expect these huge numbers. And I was I thought six minutes was nothing. But when I went back to the scientists and researchers who were advising me on this, they, I'm not joking, they laughed in my face. They hmm. were like, who says six minutes isn't significant? Hmm. And frankly, like, you know, the fact that you got people to change their behavior at all over a week is extraordinary. And listen to the stories because the stories will tell you so much more than any data can. Hmm. And that's what people told me. They told me stories about how they realized they used to relax by playing their guitar and that they suddenly understood that they, they hadn't played it in years or things bigger than that, um, that people had sat down, just thought about what the family dynamics were and get to a better place in their relationship. There were all these amazing stories that people told us. And I thought, you know what? You're right. F the six minutes, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Or like, let's stop giving boredom such a bad rap. It actually is an extremely important human function that we are starting to just sort of breed out of our daily lives. And I, I sort of look around and I see there's lots of things like that. Um, downtime, eye contact, conversations out loud where people stutter or make mistakes or take more than a quick, you know, 140 characters to figure out what they want to say. We've lost the capacity in many ways, I think, for patience. If we want to have excellent ideas, the best ideas, we need to let them take the time to take root and then blossom. And that does not happen in a tap of, a, of an app. Yeah. We're humans. We need time. And that's the one thing that our phones can't give us more of. That was me, Manoush, the new host of TED Radio Hour, talking to Guy Raz, the old host of TED Radio Hour, back in 2018. You can see my full TED Talk on TED.com, and we've got a new episode of the TED Radio Hour for you coming this Friday. This message comes from NPR sponsor Odoo. Odoo is a suite of user-friendly business applications designed to automate, streamline, and simplify every aspect of your business from anywhere at any time. For a free trial, go to odoo.com slash NPR.